Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you. No, can't change that. Not Robbie Falk. Just used to saying it, though. Just Brian Adat here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining me here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. be kind of weird if Brupolo was in the Piney Woods. Oh, wait, there's nobody here to, to respond to that. Wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, you can do it really easily. You just got to go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com in order to be shipped right to your door. Also, I want to thank all of you guys who bought Strange Brew Coffee on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more about the Palmer Home in just a second. But uh, if you made a, a if you helped us make a contribution through that purchase, we certainly appreciate that. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Wherever it is, whatever it is, maroon and white, they've got it. They've got the, the, the clothes. They've got the stuff for the car, for your house, for your tailgate. Everything Mississippi State in one place. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet or Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starville's flagship restaurant. You, you won't believe this. You may not believe it. I went to Restaurant Tyler with Robbie on on Wednesday, and it was awesome. Delicious. Fantastic food. Blackened catfish, cheese grits, mac and cheese. Man, couldn't ask for much more than that. And then you can have it every day if you want. If you're here in Starkville, you just head over to Restaurant Tyler and enjoy the blue plate. It's the best in town and maybe the best in the state. And Restaurant Tyler is certainly the best restaurant in the city of Starkville. Head over there the next time you are in this city. 16 Priority One Bank locations ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and open your first account, an account that will serve you for a long, long time, well, well into the future. When you're talking to somebody about a loan, when you have to make a financial decision, you don't want to talk to corporate people that you've never met. You want to talk to the people in your community, people you go to church with, people you eat lunch with. We talk about eating local and shopping local all the time. Banking local is just as important, and Priority One Bank wants you to do that with them. So find the Priority One Bank location nearest you and open an account today. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Before we get into the sports, I want to thank everybody who was able to participate today at the Palmer Home Radiothon. We raised nearly $370,000 for the Palmer Home through some great, generous gifts And, of course, a ton of donations from guys like you. If you made a donation, I would like to personally thank you for that. Also want to give Richard Cross some credit. He took his punishment like a man and represented the maroon and white, I thought, with class and dignity. 
And uh, I will never let him forget that because I'm going to send a picture. I'm going to make it my Christmas card this year. Uh, him and that. I think the Maroon 85 was probably his best look, if I had to guess. So, hope you guys enjoyed me uh, having. Some, I enjoyed having some fun at his expense. Uh, hopefully, Mississippi State can be just as successful against Ole Miss this year, and I don't have to worry about any uh, repercussions in the near future. And what Ole Miss fan will I get next? I've put Alex McDaniel through the ringer. Richard Cross, who's next? Huh? You never know when I when I'm going to pop up. You never know. I strike like the viper, the apex predator of the Mississippi State media. All right, uh, second half of the show, we are going to uh, go to our interview that we had earlier this week with Bill Connolly. I want to talk about some of the numbers there and how they see Mississippi State. But let's uh, let's let's start with a song. All right, into the transfer portal. Mississippi State goes to get Miami uh, pitcher Carson. And I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. You'll have to forgive me. Carson, and we're going to go with Ligon. Ligon? 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 I don't know. Uh, but he transfers Mississippi State from Miami, 6-6 six and six as a freshman, all ACC uh, as a freshman. Uh, and then last year was 3-2 and two, uh, in 10 starts, had a minor injury, struck out 37 and 50, inch, 50 innings. And I had a 4.8 ERA. And if you're like, oh, 4.8 seems high. Would have been what? The second best on the team this year? Shut up. This is a guy that fits the mold of the kind of pitcher Mississippi State needs to get to be a potential Saturday-Sunday starter. Especially with Kate Smith going on to the, uh, the major leagues, going on to the New York Yankees organization. Uh, Carson Ligon is, is the type of player that Mississippi State needed to get. Is he the front-line Friday night guy that they need? No. He's not, and if, if if Mississippi State can't find that guy, and they have to put this guy in, in the Friday night role, that's gonna be a problem. I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's gonna be a problem. But they they've got their their they've got enough irons in the fire that I think that that's gonna be not gonna be an issue. And I think that Ligon is gonna come in and give. I, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I hope I'm not butchering that. You just gonna have to forgive me. I don't know. I don't, you know what? Can we? Let's see what we can do here. Let's see if we can't make this happen. We're all gonna learn together. All right, here we go. Uh, well, Robbie talked to him, so let's see what Robbie had to say. All right, got another special guest here on Talking Dog. I don't know if y'all can hear this or not. Carson, so. is it Ligon? Ligon. Ligon. Thank you. There it is. All right, thanks, Robbie. We appreciate that. Carson Ligon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got that settled. All right. So Carson Ligon, yeah, this is a guy, who, like I said, he fits the mold of the Saturday-Sunday starter this team needs. Who can the other Saturday-Sunday starter be? It could easily be Gerangelo, Sanjay, or Bradley Lofton. Could easily be one of those two guys. And then you've got to go out and get the Friday night guy who, if, if, if it goes according to plan, looks like it would be Luke Holman, the transfer from Alabama. I'll just tell you right now. You know, and, I, and you guys have been been sitting here with me these past few weeks. You've been listening to what I had to say about this baseball team. If they can get this, they've got Carson Ligon. They've got, you know, if they, if if, if Sinjay and Lofton can take a step forward, and if they can get Luke Holman, and then on the other side, in the offensive side, they can add Braden Montgomery. If those things can happen, this will be a tournament team. No questions asked. They will probably push to be a host. 
and everything you've been wor- I've been worried about over the past few weeks, it's not going to come to pass. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, an okay situation if those things happen. Now, what did I say? What was the word that I used? If. If those things happen. If they happen, no problem, no worries, no questions. It's going to be a good baseball team. I feel, at least I feel like they will. So, just go from there. I like this pickup for Mississippi State. This was the kind of pickup that they really needed. Now, they got a long way to go. They, like I said, they still got other players to get. But it, it, it's starting to feel like, for the first time in quite a while, there's some positive momentum. That, 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 that ball is starting to roll down the hill just a little bit in the right direction for Mississippi State. And that they can start picking up some momentum. This is a good first one. If they can land Braden Montgomery, that's a, that's a big one. And then if they land Luke Holman, then they basically, the checklist they had to have, go back, remember we had that uh, discussion a few weeks back with one of our listeners, the, Colton Watson, who still did not speak to us at Lake Tiakata. But he had that list of, of things that needed to happen, and I said they, needed all, they all need to happen. Well, State would have gotten that third baseman in Logan Kohler. They would have gotten the two pitchers in the, in the scenario. They would have gotten uh, Luke Holman and Carson Ligon. And then it's just about you know getting the uh, the guys that you have on the roster to improve, and you have to kind of buy at this at this time, at this point in the year, you have to kind of buy into the idea that they're going to do that, and that Justin Parker is going to be able to to fix the issue that this team had, and there was an issue, and it wasn't something that was just physical. There was a mental block. There was something, the word we've used a few times, systemic. Because the whole pitching staff suffered from it. And it, that, that, it sounds a little weird to say, right? To say, because I would tell you that the fact that everybody was bad makes me think it's going to be easier to fix. If it was just one guy, you're like, okay, maybe he's just not any good, and, and that's going to be difficult to fix. If everybody, you can't convince me that all 12, 13, 14 guys on that pitching staff are bad. Not, you can't convince me of that. That leads me to believe there was some disconnect from the coach's mouth to the pitcher's arm. And so it's just going to be a question of fixing that. And maybe what the new, a new approach. A new mentality, and I think that's what Justin Parker is going to bring: is a new approach and a new mentality, and a more competitive approach. I, I we we said it so many times last baseball season: the pitchers the pitchers were not competitive far too often. They would fall behind in counts. When they got in he- ahead in counts, they didn't go for the the strikeout. They tried to get guys to chase breaking balls and off speed pitches rather than just trust their fastball. And it led to the walks, and it led, you know, and then you you combine that with the poor defense behind them, and it was just it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare getting ready to happen, and it did. You hope now with Justin Parker that there's going to be more of a competitive and a more aggressive mentality. I think that's what Parker needs to bring to this team is aggressiveness. We're we're throwing our fastball. We're going to attack the hitters. We're going to get them behind in counts, and then we're going to throw the fastball for strikes, and we're going to get them to. We're not going to worry about them chasing breaking balls on the outside corner. We're going to throw heat over the plate and say, "Get it if you can." You got to be able to do that in the SEC. 
you got to be able to throw your fastball for strikes and get swings and misses with your fastball. The breaking stuff is great. It, it helps. You need it. You can't just be up there throwing just fastballs, even if you throw 104-105. you got to have something else. But if you don't have faith in the fastball, then you, you, don't, have, you don't have a lot of chance. You just don't. Not, not in today's SEC. Because guys know how to lay off those pitches. And then when you, when you throw a fastball that doesn't have the movement, that doesn't have the velocity that it's supposed to have, he gets hit out of the park. Justin Parker, that, that's, where, that's where his work's going to be done. In that mentality. In, in trying to instill competitiveness. And he adds a good piece here in Carson Ligon. We're, we'll have to see now. we got to see what occurs with Luke Holman. From what I can tell, if, I, if I'm reading 24-7 correctly, and they give those guys, Steve and Robbie and them, they've done a fantastic job of, of reporting on this. I think Holman's going to visit LSU and Tennessee, and then Mississippi State will get the final visit. You might remember a season ago that Paul Skeens visited Mississippi State and then went to Arkansas and LSU, and everybody's like, gosh, I wish we'd get the last visit. Well, State's going to get the last visit with Holman. We'll see if they're able to bring him in. If they get him, if they, they've got Ligon, if they get Montgomery, I'm just telling you right now that that should be a, a tournament team. That should be a tournament team. You would have no, in my opinion, no excuses. None whatsoever. Does that mean I'm getting optimistic about baseball? <sighs> you can tell that I want to, right? You can tell. But at the same time, they got to get those guys. And I'll be totally honest with you. Montgomery is a luxury. If he doesn't, if you don't get him, you still got a really good lineup. If you do get him, you got one of the best lineups in the country, top to bottom. You really do. Assume, you know, of course, we're making assumptions. We're making assumptions that, that Mershon continues to play at the level he played at at the end of the year, that High Phil goes forward, the Bryce Chance, when given a full season, is still a 300 plus hitter. But I think those things can happen. And then you add Montgomery to that, and, and with Jordan and Hines, I mean, you've got three of the best hitters in the country in one lineup. But the pitching staff has to has to improve, and, and you have to get a Friday night guy. And, and unfortunately, it does seem, I will say this, it does seem that all of the eggs are in the Luke Holman basket. So they got, they got, to, they got to come through. That's a battle you have to win. NIL has to be, be prepared. The recruiting job has to be perfect, and you've got to get him to, to sign on the dotted line. And if you do that, you're going to be okay. And if you don't, well, then you're not going to be okay. Unless you can find another Friday night guy, which you might. You might. But we'll see. But Ligon is a good, start, a good starting point, a good building block for this team for the future. So, you know, it's, it definitely has been going slower than I think Mississippi State fans would want it to go, but they're getting there. They're getting there. So we'll see, we'll see where it takes us. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're firing up the grill this weekend, and you should be, it is grilling season. We are in the summer. We've only got, I think, am I, am I right, six weekends to college football? Six! Woo! Then it's not like you're not going to be grilling for college football, but, you know. At least this way, you don't have to worry about like going back in and out of the house. Like, what about this? You know, none of that's going on right now. So, put some beef on the grill. Put some steaks out there. Some burgers. Put a brisket on the smoker. Go grab you a tri-tip or a picanha, something you haven't tried before. They're easy to cook. They're delicious. Your family will love them. 
And don't forget, you know who else will love them? Our 15,000 beef providers here in the state of Mississippi. They'll love you when you buy beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. That's also a Bulldog Initiative business. So is Strange Brew Coffee House. Forgot to mention that earlier. You're just supporting all sorts of great causes with Strange Brew Coffee House and with Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They put, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Two Brothers uh, put together an event to, to benefit the Bulldog Initiative very recently. And uh, I was told it was very successful, so that's great news. And th- th- that's why you want to support these guys. So when you're in the mood for great food and a great time, you head to the heart of the Cotton District and enjoy yourself at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Every business has it, has promised it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48, going on 49 years. You know anybody that's 48? Think about how old they are. God. But... By the way, I just want to point something out real quick. I have a friend. She's uh, she's 48 years old. And she gets on to me every time I make these jokes. So I do it anyway. I'm, I'm a button pusher. What can I say? Anyway, 48 years. It's a long time. They've stayed in business because they've taken care of you. When you've called Advantage Business Systems, you know you're getting great quality products that's backed up by great quality service. The kind of service you'd expect from your neighbor's at Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Today was hot. Tomorrow will be hot as well. Guess what it's going to be on Saturday and Sunday? You've got it. It's hot. So, what does that mean? It means you head over to Dolce and cool off. Gelato or a milkshake from Dolce is a great treat in the afternoon when it's scorching hot. And on the weekends, to bring the kids up there, they're going to love it. So, this weekend, make it a point. If you're here in Starkville, head over to Dolce with your family. Try their gelato. Try one of their great milkshakes. Enjoy yourself with a sweet treat from Dolce. I talked to Bill Connolly from ESPN. He is the godfather of college football analytics. The creator of what is now called SP+. Uh, I got him on with us mainly to explain his formula because a lot of people see it and they don't know quite what it is, how it works, and what does it think about Mississippi State this season. I had some interesting thoughts on his thoughts. Let's go now to that interview with Bill Connolly. So joining me now on the podcast, a guy whose work I, I have admired for a long time, Bill Connolly from ESPN, the creator of the S&P Plus formula. He also used to host a podcast with a guy that nobody likes, Stephen Godfrey, called Podcast Ain't Played Nobody. Especially me, Bill. I don't like Stephen Godfrey. He hates my team. Well, I mean, who does like Stephen Godfrey, really? It's 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 a, it's a tough question. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing him in Nashville next week at, at SEC <laughs> Media Days. He's just so, a terrible guy to have a good time with. <laughs> the worst. So let's just sort of jump into S&P Plus, because I know a lot of our listeners probably aren't super familiar with it, and the ones that are, maybe like me, like, I see it and I have the basic understanding of it, but... I, I would appreciate the master's detail. So, like I'm five years old, please. What is S S and P plus? Well, we we had to ditch the ampersand uh, a while back, but yeah, S P plus is a. Uh, I mean, the idea here is it's a, it's a measure of what's actually sustainable and predictive 
in football. There's a lot of randomness in football. We don't have much of a sample size to work with, but it's an idea of, you know, let's adjust for a tempo, let's adjust for opponent, and let's actually look at what's what you can actually maintain and and do again from week to week to week. And um, a lot of that's based on efficiency, on my, you know, success rate uh, measure that I uh, talk about in, in some of the stuff I write. Um, but that, yeah, at its heart, it's, it's intended to be a good forward facing, not, not a resume rating, not a, you beat team B, therefore you're ahead of team B kind of deal, but a forward facing, a power rating, a predictive thing that you can use week to week. One thing that I've, I've noticed with analytics through the years is that nobody wants to be happy with them. I don't know if I if that's if I'm putting it that the right way or not, but when you get flack, is it more from teams like Georgia and Alabama who don't understand why they're not number one, or is it from more teams like say Mississippi State who are like, why are we forty third? Yeah, a lot of times I think what what SP Plus is generally best at is is that sustainability word. The team that comes out six and zero but doesn't really look all that good doing it. Like it's it's awesome that they're six and zero. Fans should enjoy that they're six and zero or eight and zero or whatever. But SP Plus is pretty good at you know being a party pooper and saying like you're not going to keep this up. It's just you're 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 merely the twenty eighth best team in the country, not a top ten team, just because you're in the AP top ten or or you know however that takes shape. So it's a shame. I mean, Alabama fans have never had a problem with SP Plus really because it always tells them they have one of the two best teams in the country. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Mississippi State fans, if if they're six and one and twenty third in SP Plus, they're going to get a little mad about that. And I got I mean, I'm a I, I'm an alum and fan of one of those kind of second tier uh, programs here at Missouri. And so I, I don't like telling all the other second tier fan, uh, program fans, like your team's really not as good as you think. I'm sorry. That's not a lot of fun, but that's what the numbers basically always say in college football. What are the biggest outliers from your formula that you can remember? A, a really good team that your numbers didn't like or a, a team that they did like that ended up not being very good? Well, there are always the cases of those teams that, you know, go seven and five with four one score losses or or even better, the, the 2016 Notre Dame team that went four and eight. They were 32nd in SP plus despite being four and eight mm-hmm. uh, because they lost so many close games and they were clearly so cl- they were much closer to being a really, really, really good team than a really bad team. Um, the Texas A&M team of 20, what was that? 2011, that they fired Mike Sherman. He went seven and six. They were, they were top 15. Uh, and, and SP plus was clearly saying like, they're very close to being a very good team, you know, bring in Kevin Sumlin and, and put Johnny Manziel in the lineup. Suddenly they're one of the two or three best teams in the country. So it's pretty good at that. Um, it's pretty good at picking out and you can pretty much look at the, a list of rankings in a given year. Uh, in the in the top 15 or so, there's going to be one team that went like seven and six or eight and five right in the middle of all the 10 and 11 and 12 win teams. That's going to usually those teams are pretty good at at, at surging the next year um, that, you know, whether it was close losses or bad turnovers, luck, whatever it was that caused them to lose a bunch of uh, games, probably not going to happen again the next year. I remember one of your teams that your rankings liked and they were not very good. And that was a five and seven Ole Miss team in 2016. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hold a grudge, Bill, is what I'm, I guess I'm basically <laughs> trying to say here at that point. But yeah, I, I remember that because every week I was like, they're still in the top 25. I'm like, they lost. How are they still ranked? And then I had to, I was like, all right, I got to dig deeper and have a better understanding of, of, of what these rankings are. And I felt like I did. Uh, the way you explained it to me helped, helped a lot. <laughs> Let, let's, let's talk about this season in particular, Bill. When you look at your early rankings, is there a team that stands out to you that could be one of those outlier teams, a team you think? I think they're going to be better than this, and but your numbers right now aren't high on them. Well, I 
It, there, there are yeah, there are the two different directions. Like, what what do my numbers like that uh, most people don't, and then what are my numbers not like that most people do? I guess. Um, and early on, the conventional wisdom is kind of on this year, uh, which isn't a lot of fun. I guess the best team, the best example of a team that I that my numbers like way more than conventional wisdom is they do have Oklahoma thirteenth. Which is basically based on having a really good offense and losing a ton of close games last year. They were like, I don't like 0 and 5, I think, in one score finishes last season, which probably, you know, they were still gonna, they were still weren't as good as normal in Brent Venable's first year, but they were probably like an eight or nine win team that just kind of accidentally went six and seven. Um, and so they're probably going to be in better position. Looking at their roster, they're still holes, but um, they, I, I think that one was. I, I can kind of understand why I don't think I'm, I can't decide if I agree, but I know why that my numbers have them in the top 15. Let's put it that way. Um, another team that I, I, I don't think I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And I understand why, because of all the transition involved, but you know, if we're, if we're playing the, what I said earlier about just looking at the teams with the records that, you know, their record doesn't suggest they should have been as high as they were. Oh, Mississippi State ended, did end up 12th in SP plus last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they won nine games. So that's, you know, it's not that crazy by any means, but it was still kind of a standout thing. They're right there in the middle of a bunch of 10 and 11 win teams. Um, and I think, you know, they, they've lost a lot. They are projected to fall uh, because of of all the, the returning production they lost, but they're still a borderline top 25 team that's going to be in a lot of close games. So um, that I haven't necessarily seen... Mississippi State is a potential top 25 poll team this year. And right. and again, I get it. But like on paper, there really is still plenty to uh, to like, I would say. We'll have to talk about an intangible, which I know, I know you're not a big fan of. But how much of the, the, the eye test of Mississippi State this year sort of in your mind centers around the fact that Mike Leach just isn't, yeah. isn't here anymore? Yeah, I think basically... I've never figured out a good way to incorporate coaching changes into this because it's such a zero sum thing. And it's really hard other than saying, other than being able to say that usually if a team is going to take a nice step forward, it's going to be in year two, which even that, I don't know if it's true anymore with, with how much you can load up on the transfer portal. Um, It is really tricky to figure that out. And the way I look at it is there's just a lot more volatility, a lot bigger range of potential outcomes when you've got a new head coach, especially the way everything obviously has gone down there over the last year. But, you know, on average, if they're projected 25th, that mean, maybe that means they've got potential for overachieving with all these first year effects and, and, you know, threatening on the top 10 or underachieving because of all these first year effects and ended up like 50th instead. And so that's kind of the way I look at it is just there's a bigger range. The more change you have, the more you use the transfer portal, uh, all of those things just increase the range of potential outcomes, good and bad. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, in, in the SEC West, if you're not Alabama or maybe LSU, it is just going to be who wins the close games they're in. Some, uh, you know, a couple teams always overachieve in that regard, and a couple underachieve. And and Mississippi State's one of those that could kind of go either way. When you, you know, Mississippi State, and you, when you look at their numbers, and I don't know if this is the right way to phrase this, so you'll have to forgive me. But yep. what would they need to fix to be higher? Well, I think the the right now they're very they're twenty ninth projected, 29th in offense, and thirty second in defense. So really. Uh, one unit or the other just needs to to stand out a little more than expected. And obviously, 
the the transition from Mike Leach to any other offense. Uh, you have to figure. Speaking of a wide range of outcomes, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, obviously, you know, the bringing in a new co- uh, potential new quarterback with the, with the kid from Vandy, bringing in a running back, bringing in a couple tight ends. You know, there's a there's a decent amount of new in that offense, and that means the projection might not be as accurate on average. They're 29th. They could be ninth. They could be 49th, and we'll see. I kind of lean 49th just because of the. The, the identity change and and the fact that the you know the, the what the three best receivers or three most um, prolific receivers are gone but uh, yeah that's going to be I, I guess we we think we sort of know what to expect on defense um and, and offense kind of holds the key to you know how how can you weather all this change and actually uh, come up with something good We'll see what happens very interesting stuff bill I appreciate the, the in-depth look at, the, at these analytics because I feel at the same time I'm still an eye test guy. I'm just an old man, Bill, and I, you know I watch the games. And I'm like, all right, this is who I think is good. But I feel like I have a, a appreciation for the numbers, and and today gave me a little bit more of that. So hopefully the same thing can be said for our, our listeners as well. Bill Connolly, ESPN, appreciate your time, man, and uh, thanks very much for joining me. Absolutely. All right, thanks to Bill. Appreciate his time. First, obviously, when, when when I hear that interview, you know, he I think he's got a, a more more in mind for Mike Wright than what's actually going to happen at Mississippi State. But I do find it odd that when he talks about what Mississippi State lost, and 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 you know, you and I both know he's talking mainly about Dylan Johnson, and then three receivers: Rufus Harvey, Ra Ra Thomas, Caleb Ducky. And this is, this is a situation where the numbers don't have the ability to know what we know. And what we know, or at least we think we know, is that Kayvon Lee is going to come in and give you the production that Dylan Johnson gave you. At least you hope you that he is, and I think he will. And that between Tulu Griffin, Justin Robinson, Jaden Wally, Freddie Roberson, so on and so forth, you're, gonna, you're, gonna be, you're not going to miss the production of Harvey, Thomas, and Ducking. I think Ducking is the weak link in all of those guys. You go back and look at his stats. That's a guy who did not really show up in the big games. Didn't do much at all in the Egg Bowl. Didn't do much against Kentucky, Alabama. You know, in state's losses, Ducking didn't have a whole lot going on. Thomas, Thomas was a loss. There's no question about that. And you, you, know, you lose Austin Williams too. I guess I should throw that in. So, you know. People see Tulu coming back and Justin Robinson and Xavier Thomas are like, oh, I really like those guys. And I like them too. But you got to remember, State lost some, a lot of production in the receiving game. So we'll see. One thing that those numbers don't take into, into account, they're, they're not looking at, and as Bill explained to us, they're not really looking at Arnett being a first-year coach. That, that data is not taken into account. So if his numbers don't like Mississippi State, it's not the bias of, well, Leach is gone and I don't know Arnett, so they're going to suck. You know, that is strictly a numerical approach. I don't know, you know, you guys know me. I'm an old man. I'm very set in my ways. If Mike Bonner is listening, he'll tell you I am the champion of the eye test. The eye test tells you Mississippi State's going to be pretty good this year. The numbers tell you they may struggle. Where's the truth? It's somewhere in the middle. They'll struggle at times. They'll be really good at times. But at the end of the day, that's what they did last year. And they were good more often than they struggled. So what does that mean? Probably the same thing again this year. But we'll see. All right, you know that tomorrow you're getting a thunder and lightning because Robbie and I will be in Algoma at Seafood Junction for our next 
Maybe last stop? I don't know yet. I don't know. They're, they're trying to get us more, more stops, and Robbie and I will certainly go eat more catfish. But we'll be at the Seafood Junction in Algoma. So if you're there, if you can get in line, get a table, come say hello, and uh, we'd be happy to meet you. Well, that podcast will last you until uh, Tuesday uh, because I'll be traveling on Sunday. I'll be at SEC Media Days. A lot of great stuff going to be happening up there. The podcast schedule is always kind of iffy up there. Robbie will be in town. We're going to try to sit down for sure on Monday and do a podcast. And then Wednesday before he leaves, probably do a podcast. But Tuesday is going to be really tough because that's Mississippi State's day, and we're going to be both be busy with all the coaches and players coming in and trying to figure that out. So if we don't have a podcast for Wednesday, please forgive us. We'll try to get that done, though. And then everything back to normal. And then we are starting – to cruise into preseason camp and into college football. I can't wait. I know you can't either. We'll be doing that. Uh, we'll have an opponent preview this week. It's for Western Michigan. That's oh, for next week. For Western Michigan? That might be on our Friday show when I get back into town. We'll try to figure it out. All right, guys. Have a great uh, Friday. And Robbie and I will be back with you tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.